Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Mark. Hey, Liz. What are you doing? Well, today <laughs> on this fine Saturday morning, yes. I soaked my orchids. <gasps> soaked my orchids. Oh. Roots. The th- my favorite thing about your house is all the flora and fauna mm-hmm. that live there. The animals, the fish, yes. all the plants. I'm so glad that you're back with your orchids. I am. I'm revitalizing my orchids. I, so that's I've, what I've been doing. I've never been able to make an orchid bloom more than once. Yes, it can happen. I know. Yes. I go to Disney World, to mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom, and there are orchids literally hanging from hanging. the trees that are real. I'm like, I can't keep one alive for a week, and it's hanging from a tree. I know. I've seen Disney. Those. Disney. I learned a fun fact about Disney today. What? I'm reading an interesting book. It's called The Ride of Her Life. Okay. I think we've mentioned it on a live before. Okay. But it's a woman in the 1950s. Mm-hmm. She's 60 some odd years old. She's twice divorced. She's living with an uncle. The uncle dies. She can't manage the farm on her own. And she's been diagnosed with some kind of, I don't know, tuberculosis. Mm -hmm. And she only has a couple of years to live. Mm -hmm. And she decides to herself, I'm going to sell the farm. I'm going to buy a horse. And I'm going to ride that horse all the way to California. Sweet. What? Yeah. First of all, I'm thinking, what? Yeah. How far can you go on a horse in one day? How far? Where did she live? She lived in Maine. Oh. And she's heading to California. <laughs> yeah, that's quite. And she kept a, a diary trick. and apparently got more and more famous as she traveled. Mm-hmm. So the book is so interesting. I wish it was beautifully written. No offense to the author. I think this is a young adult book. Okay. But I wish she, this author, had been able to use the kind of language to really put you there. Right. So you felt. Every moment and every step that that poor horse has taken and all the mm-hmm. dangers that happens mm-hmm. or all the sweet things that happen. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I would, it's fascinating. But it's the 1950s and she prefers to go through small towns, right? Who wouldn't? Right. She has a horse and sure. a dog, by the way. Really? Who's also walking all the way to California. Oh my God. I, I know. It doesn't seem probable. Is this today. a true story? It's a true story. 
For real. Yeah, oh, yeah. You can Google it. Um, they called her. I can't remember what her real name is, but if you Google Jackass Annie, which is, <laughs> I know, unfortunate, um, but you'll see lots of pictures of her. Her dog, her really? horse was named Tarzan, and her dog was named Depeche Toi, which is French for hurry up. <laughs> Basically, oh, you hurry dog. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hurry up, dog. Um, and yeah, so she loves, wow. the, she loves the cool. small towns, and they love her. But at the time, in the 1950s, people weren't loving small towns so much anymore. Everyone wanted mm, to be urban. Correct. And the urban lifestyle was taking over and something one thing well really two but one thing happened to make that change and guess who it was who walt disney Mm-hmm. Because when he designed Disneyland out there in the California mm-hmm. and he wanted that sm- Main Street USA, mm-hmm. he based it on the town in Missouri that he huh. was from and huh. suddenly made small towns How chic cool. and interesting again. Okay. Good old Walt Disney. Of course. Oh my Makes God, I just realized sense. that's the second time we've talked about Disney in this and we've been here for three minutes. Well, Disney. Disney. My daughter works for Disney. She sure does. I love the Disney. Yeah. I mean, I told my husband today, I said, what can't Disney do? And he said, have good pricing for the entry to the park. (laughs) Amen. Yeah. I I went one time and we went swimming. Have you ever been swimming in the aquarium? I don't Uh, know if they still do it. In Disneyland or No, no. I'm sorry. That's Disney World where we were. No, I didn't. You can swim. Where? In the big aquarium. There's a huge aquarium. It's really? In, yeah. I've never heard of this in my life. And you can swim in it. Yeah, I've got yeah. to ask Daphne. Ask I've Daphne. N- never heard in my entire We did life. like a behind-the-scenes Segway tour through Epcot. What? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. And we swam with the dolphins. Are you sure that wasn't SeaWorld? I am positive. What? Yeah. I cannot wait. Why haven't I done we this We stayed experience in the Wilderness yet? Lodge. Oh, I, I love the Wilderness Lodge. I know why you haven't. Yeah. Perhaps uh-huh. they're not doing it anymore. We had, this is probably 10 15 years ago oh my goodness but we had to you know train or whatever to get in there but yeah there's a big aquarium unless i'm totally didn't know where i was but well i mean it wasn't the 80s so you probably (laughs) did you're right i'll have to ask please do that's fascinating yeah i have a picture Okay, so my daughter is a VIP tour guide at Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and I've got to know more about this dolphin situation, so I'm going to call her right now and see if this is even a thing. Hello? Hello! How are you, darling? I'm doing well. How are you? Okay, I have a quick question. I was just recording episode nine of the podcast with Mr. Mark, and we Mm -hmm. were talking about Disney, and I'll tell you later why we bring it up. But we're talking (laughs) about Disney, and he's like, yeah, 10, 15 years ago, me and Steve went down there, and we did a Segway tour of Epcot, and then we swam with dolphins. Oh! And I said, what? I've never heard about this in my entire life. Is Is this a thing that can happen? I don't know about the Segway tours because I don't think that that's a thing anymore with like social media and like filming and stuff. Wait a minute. Why? Why would it be a problem with social media? uh, Because you're not allowed to film like backstage areas at Disney as in like the the secrets and everything. We're very secretive as a company. Of course. So I don't think that that would still be a thing. But I have weirdly I have seen people like managers and stuff segue through Disney. Really? And I always think, where are you going and how did you get that? But anyway, (laughs) yeah, you want one. Yeah, you can still scuba dive. It's in Epcot. It's in the seas with Nemo and friends like that. Uh We have our own aquarium. Really? Um, You can scuba dive like with Mickey Mouse. Wait, no, no. 
No, 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 no. Mickey Mouse is scuba certified. Wait, no. How does Mickey Mouse get in the water, though? He just jumps on in. No, but I mean, his his body, I mean... I am employed by the mouse. I cannot tell you all of his secrets. No, 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 but I mean, he's in a a scuba outfit. Mm -hmm. He's in his own little scuba suit. With his head and ears sticking out. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, Mickey Mouse can scuba dive. He is scuba certified. That oh. is all I can tell you as someone employed by Mickey. <laughs> okay, so I could come and pay probably some ridiculous amount of money and Mickey Flippin' Mouse will jump in the water with me and point at fish and dolphins. In his cute little green wetsuit. They've been doing it since Epcot opened in 1989. You'll have to send me a picture. I cannot, <laughs> I can't get over this. I can't, first of all, I got to know what this costs. So I'm, I don't know, maybe I should act like I have a lot of money and, and call Disney and pretend like I want to book this. But what's interesting to me <laughs> is that, is there any place in Epcot where you can see like part of the tank and see the dolphins and the little fish swimming around? Yes, yeah. The There's a Nemo ride in Epcot and the end of the ride takes you like underneath part of the tanks are you we kidding also have, me we also have manatees in epcot wait that have been like hurt and need to be rehabilitated oh, that's and nice. they have them at epcot too daphne i just want to say that i have come to visit you a million times in florida mm. why have i never been on the nemo ride and why have i never gone under a manatee i can't promise you that the nemo ride is at all thrilling and but the, the end would be pavilion, so cool it, yeah, it's it's cute. It's not that grand or anything. There's also a seafood restaurant where you can look like the tanks are right there. It's called Coral Reef is the restaurant. Oh, no, that's not and right. Are they sit- serving seafood while you're looking at seafood? Oh, absolutely. That's not right. It's it's kind of sad. The little but... fish swim up to the window and go, Fred, Fred. Yeah. No, I mean, Sebastian was right. Um, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, they're they're just waiting for their moment. But no, I've just, I've never, uh, I don't go back there frequently myself. Mm-hmm. So it's never been th- something that I wanted to show off. Okay. How like, Here's interesting. Here's the Disney Aquarium that's the size of a uh, mini mall. Oh, well, I'm no, beelining for it. Next time I come see you, we, I am beelining to that. <laughs> and, I, and hopefully, maybe, maybe Mickey will be scuba diving. Well, uh, you know what? It's I'm, very rare. I'm claustrophobic, so I'm never going to scuba dive in my life. So even if I had a ridiculous amount of money, I'm not going to do this experience. But dang. Mm-hmm. Can, I mean, can you just, like, come on, little junior Let's go. And then these poor fish are like, what's huge effing mouse? Well, I know that the tanks are separated, too. So nowadays, Mm -hmm. people don't swim on the dolphin side. So I don't know if that has changed throughout the years. But even the photos and the videos of Mickey scuba diving with people Uh is on the more like fish and manta ray side of the tank compared to the dolphin side of the tank. Well, Daphne, this has been the most enlightening phone call. I cannot believe that. I can't wait to call Mark and tell him that he actually remembers an event in his life <laughs> that I was co- totally he questioning. He was not. And I, now I'm super jealous, but that's very cool. All right. Well, darling, yeah. enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you for dropping those hot facts on us. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, sweetie. I love you. I love you too. Goodbye. Bye. Love Disney. I do too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. right now, we love Grandma. So we're ready for episode nine of My Grandma's Diary.
Okay. Yes. If you're stranded on a deserted island and you find an iPhone and you have a weak signal and all you can get is episode nine of My Grandma's Diaries on this pretend phone mm-hmm. and you can't go back and listen to any others, okay. you're in luck because we're going to do a little episode recap. Oh, really? <laughs> of eight. Yeah, just to remind Great. people what happened the last sure. episode. And for just some weird reason, if someone's listening to these out of order, I think it's always fun to give a little recap. So in episode eight, we know that Elizabeth and her family have left left Bell, Missouri, and now they're in Step Rock, Arkansas. They are working as laborers on a farm that Elizabeth's grandfather, Morris Hartzell, owns. And apparently they're living in a tent, mm-hmm. at least the girls of the family are, mm-hmm. uh, behind their Aunt Etta's house. And they get into town on one day, and the very next day they're put to work. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, hard knock life has hit immediately mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so in the last episode we got to know her aunt etta who was kind enough to i guess give him work let him stay mm-hmm. behind the house and we met her husband clyde froud who was a minor until he married etta and became a farmer with her right remember he almost died in a mining accident yes. in illinois and then he said i'm not going back underground ever ever <laughs> again <laughs> which is a smart move and i wonder how he ended up in step rock well, know? I think what we discovered from his dad's obituary was that he had retired into okay. that part of the world. Okay. So maybe Clyde was like, I'm out of work, Dad. And Dad's like, go work uh, on the farm. You know? Yeah. I think that's how it happened. Sure. I, I don't know. Okay. We're just making this stuff up. These, these poor people somewhere yeah. <laughs> somewhere in heaven, they're like, no, that's not exactly right. And we're like, shh. Well, <laughs> we, yeah. We've got our own story. We also met her other aunt, Aunt Delia. Yes. Who is another one of her dad's sisters. And we've met a lot of her children. And that's who she hangs out with a lot. Uh, John and Gurley, the yep. twins. We met Ethel. And so a lot of twins in this family. And Delia was a bird. She, her last name was Bird. Yeah. Yes. And she was Elizabeth's aunt mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the sister of Louie. Yes, Elizabeth's dad. Right. Who would be my great-grandfather, but yes. my great-great-grandfather, Morris Hartzell, mm-hmm. was in the middle of Steprock. And if you look at the Google map today, it's mm-hmm. just the most interesting thing because it's just this bare land. But when Elizabeth was writing these, it had cotton fields, strawberry mm-hmm. fields, mm-hmm. blacksmiths, oh, general yeah. stores, post a, gen- a post office, uh-huh. you know, a school. It was a thriving community. Now. 100% gone. I find it so hard to believe that it's all gone now. But you know, mm-hmm. I'm do- I am was doing research for episode 10, which okay. we'll be doing later. And I had to look for a business in Searcy, and, which is right. Right, right by Step Rock. This is all the right. same. 15 miles away. And when I zoom in on the business, there is Caps Road and Froud Street. And yes. so their buildings are gone, but their names live on yep. in the streets, which I That's think is right. pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty, pretty cool. It's neat. So Elizabeth's day is filled with picking strawberries in the morning and in the afternoon. Sometimes she and her sister, Frances, don't go to the fields, but they work in the general store that Aunt Etta and Uncle Clyde own. We met one of the tenant farmers there. His name is Bert Myers. We talked about what tenant farming was and right. that amazing expedition. No. Exposition. Exhibition. Exhibition. <laughs> <laughs> both. It's yeah. both. Even after we recorded that episode, mm-hmm. I went and looked at all the files that you sent me and all the pictures. Oh, right. And some of those comments, man. Oh. I mean, people think that it's new 
that people are haters on social media. Oh, this is not didn't new. Didn't that prove differently? Oh, my gosh. Right. I read them all. It's I like mean, 27 all, pages And the people of who them. were like, this is just not real. This isn't real. Right. You made this up. Oh, Denial. I could not Yes, propaganda. Right. So if you're Amazing. on our Patreon, after that episode drops, we have a whole Patreon folder just about this tenant exhibit. Right. These pictures are heartbreaking. Yep. Oh, my God. The oh. looks in the eyes of these I people know. where they're just like, just I don't care if you take my picture or not, buddy. Absolutely. Do you have a dollar? Do you, can you help me? Yeah. I mean, they I'm don't they just don't care. It's so mm-hmm. sad. Mm-hmm. And the people who didn't believe it. Oh, that's awful. So anyway, yeah, that Good we document. met Bert Myers and they went to a musical at his house where right. people have a jam session. And we have met her recent love attention, her love interest, her excitement, Mr. Tommy Bird, who we always say is as hot as fire. Yeah. And by the end of episode eight, they had been in Step Rock for two months, and they'd worked really hard, Mm -hmm. and times are rough. July 1st, 1932. Mother got a message this morning that poor dear Aunt Grace died at 2.30. I am certainly very sorry. I suppose it was for the best. I hope I can do as much for my family as she did. So, oh my God. We get the, she, they're two yeah. months on a farm working their fingers to the bone, and now her mom's sister dies. Poor Bess. I guess. Right. I don't know. Well, they had phones. So they probably, there's a phone at the general store, mm. I reckon, that everybody mm. can use, or maybe telegrams. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how the world's working back then. Well, it starts out mother got a message this morning. So, yeah. So how the message got the to her. Poor Aunt Grace died at 2 30. So mm-hmm. the message got to her fast. Pretty fast. Yeah, but poor Aunt Grace. She was, of course, Elizabeth's mother's sister, and Grace Underwood was born in October of 1880. Hmm. She married a young man named Joseph Ferguson in 1902, and they had two children, Ruth and Paul. Now, her husband was a collector for a farm manufacturing company in 1930 and in 1940, and they lived in St. Louis, Missouri. And when I saw that, I thought, oh, God, I hope he wasn't a collector of debts. What a suck job that would have been. Oh, no, for real, you then. know, he was repossessing right. things. And, oh my! Oh, he would have been the most hated man in town. Mm. Oh my God, it's awful. Do you think they were in St. Louis when she died? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's where they were living. Okay. Yeah, because he's gotcha. still there in 1940, even after she okay. dies. Yeah, she dies on June 30th at the age of 51. Yikes. She had breast cancer, oh, but she'd had it for four years. She had already had one breast removed. This was all in the death certificate, but then it came back and it got her. And that's so sad. Joseph, her husband, will only live another 13 years. He dies in 1943 at the age of 65 of a coronary. On his death certificate, it listed his address. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well, let's see what's there. So I gave it a goog and I found his house on Zillow. Oh. It 100% still exists. I know it's the house because the statistics say it was built in 1928. Uh-huh. And it's a typical little, I mean, if I showed you a picture, you'd say, yes, I've seen that style house a million okay. times. And uh-huh. if you want to buy it, it's for sale. Woo-hoo! Uh-huh. So it's $126,000. It's a two bedroom, one bath, adorable oh little brick God. house. How yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, could, I took a little tour of it and I'm in there. Um, I want to see it. Oh, yeah. I'll have to send you a little link you to it. You think this is I'll where Aunt lived? I don't know. That's where he was living in 1943, and uh-huh. she died in 1932. So I don't know if they moved. Okay. Or... Grace. Yeah, yeah, Aunt Grace. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know if it's their house. Pro- I would oh, doubt wow. it. Somehow I just doubt it. Like well, maybe he it went, he moved. built in 1928, and... yeah. 
Yeah, could you never know? You right. never know because I don't. I'd have to go back and look at her death certificate and see if there's exactly. An address. If I find it, that, I'll put it on the yep. Patreon. But yeah, it's for sale. Woo, we can move. Gosh, one hundred and twenty-six thousand dollars. Good luck finding a house. Oh, seriously, almost anywhere for that kind of money right now. Uh-huh. Can you imagine St. Louis? Here we go. July second, nineteen thirty-two. Francis and I cleaned our shoes, and I cleaned our stockings and purse with gasoline this morning. Francis and I sat on the fence tonight and longed to go to Bell. I wonder what we'll do to celebrate the fourth. Sit around as usual, I suppose. Gasoline. Gas. Mark. What gasoline. They used it as like a solvent mm-hmm. to like cut grease, and you would soak mm-hmm. your clothes in gasoline mm. and then wring them out and wash them. Okay. First of all, that's flammable. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is. That's scary, especially when you consider that most wash tubs were metal, right? Right. Don't you think? I don't know. Maybe they were wood. But in 1941, you know, uh, you've seen like, but they used to be before the movies. They had the newsreels. Like, here in America, our soldiers or, you know, whatever. They had to make a newsreel in 1941 to get people to stop washing their clothes with gasoline. Uh, And you know, some people were like, I'm going to keep doing it. That is bizarre. It's, is it like, maybe it's kind of like you use turpentine to get rid of paint? Yes, maybe. You know what I mean? I, I mean, I don't know. That's wild. It, it is really wild. And she was washing her stockings and purse with and gasoline. Her shoes. So I can see and her, her shoes. shoes in the purse because the grease. Yeah. And maybe she's kind of rubbing Stocking. them, which is even scarier. She's like. Yeah. <laughs> that is bizarre. Yeah. I wonder how many people had to go poof before the government well, made a newsreel wow. about it. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty She's serious. lucky to be alive. But doesn't it Because she used a, a gasoline iron, too. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. it stinks. Right, because I put gas Yuck. one time in my car on the way to high school, and it splashed back on me, uh-huh. and I went home, and mom just threw my clothes away. She's like, we're not, yeah. we very carefully, like, ah, uh-huh. maybe, hey, you know, my mom was born in 35, maybe she'd seen that newsreel, and was like, oh my Could God! Could be, for real. <laughs> my daughter's gotta explode. Well, good point. <laughs> that's, that's pretty funny. So, yes, there you go, that's gasoline. July 4th, 1932. Prince came and got me and took me to their house. Aura came after us in a Ford. Six of us went with her. When we got there, us four girls and Mildred went to the parade in the Dodge with Mona and Reva, then went down to see Selma Spencer, then went to the picnic ground and saw some strange birds. We all ate dinner at Ava's. After dinner, Girlie, Mildred, and I went to town and then met Selma, Ethel, and Francis. Fernell took us to the drugstore, and then we went riding with Clarence Overstreet and John. Hmm. Oh, my God. Lots of people in there. So here she was thinking she wasn't doing anything on the 4th, and now her dance card is completely full. Seriously. But, you know, it's funny. I started looking for these people, and since I don't have last names, I'm just looking for, like, Mildred's, Mona's in Mm -hmm. Judsonia. Mm -hmm. And you find a bunch of them, and then I realize, wait a minute, I bet this is all family. I don't think these are these like random, like there's no Mildred Smith hanging out with her today. So I went back and looked at all of her aunts and uncles and all those birds mm. and the bird cousins. Mm. This is all family. Oh, for, I mean, I must have found three wrong people before uh-huh. I found one right one and went, oh, crap. All of that other research I've done was for naught because <laughs> right. she's just hanging out mainly the bird family. Uh-huh. Like and, well, or as a bird. Well, or basically, whatever. it's the Hartzell's. 
but there's so many yes. girls in the Hartzell family. So they married th- this birds. is just a Hartzell family, you know, but the birds maybe you're hosting it. I don't know, but yeah, this is a big family thing. So Prince was the one who came and got her and okay. we know him. He's her cousin, but an interesting person we're going to meet in this whole story is Aura. Right. Her name was Aura Ethel Thompson. And she was born in January of 1888 to a Ben and Mary Thompson. Her mother, Mary, will die five years later, giving birth to a son named Earl. So that would have been Aura's little brother, Earl. Right. And then four years later, Ben, her dad, who can't be without a wife, like most men cannot, (laughs) will marry none other than Ella Hartzell. And that's Louis's sister, Ella. Now, Ella Hartzell married Ben Thompson in 1906 when she was 23. Okay. And he was 45. Oh, dear. Well, that's, well, you know. I guess oh, 23 isn't old then. enough to be an old maid, I don't think, but maybe in 1906 it was. So they married uh, her off to some old man with two children. So now huh. Ella marries Ben and okay. she's stepmother to Aura, but there's gotcha. no mention of Earl. He's not in this entry in 1932, he's not living with them anymore because uh-huh. he's a grown man. Uh-huh. He's off doing his own thing. But anyway, okay, so Ben and Ella will have a daughter named Reva. And Reva, we have just met her in this entry. We're going to talk about her little life soon. Reva yes, will end up being one of Elizabeth's player. really, really good friends. Yeah. Um, but we're going to, yeah, well, we'll definitely get to know her. Well, that all falls into place but perfectly. Isn't that, but it's nice That's that Aura, Aura has stuck around because mm-hmm. she marries a young man in Judsonia mm-hmm. named Will Waller. And Mr. Waller owned a general store. And she will have a little boy named Billy. And they all work in the general store. So in 1932, mm. in this entry... Aura is married to Willie, and they have a little boy, and they own a store, and they're all hanging out with the Hartzels. Do we know where this was? This is all in Harrison Judsonia. Judsonia? Yeah. Right there. This is all right there. Yeah, so I don't... A little community. I know. Earl went off and lived his own life, Mm -hmm. and And Reva is Elizabeth's best friend for a while. We're going to learn a lot about her. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And we already kind of knew about Ben dying because that's the reason that Elizabeth and her family were able to borrow a car from Aunt Ella a couple of entries ago when they were leaving because Ben had died. And And they run a boarding house, we'll find out, Aunt Ella and Reva. Well, we already know that when they were moving that she was getting ready to start that up. And later we will meet one of the boarders. So Aura takes them to town, which I'm assuming is the Judsonia. And the next people they're going to meet, she says, four of us girls and Mildred went to the parade in the Dodge Mm -hmm. with Mona and Reva. Mm -hmm. So we're going to meet these girls because they're all cousins. So we're going to start with Mm -hmm. Mona. Her name is Mona Delia Waller. She's a cousin of Aura and Will and Billy. She's not one of Aura's children. She's just Mm -hmm. another Waller because, again, this is just all family. All mm-hmm. hanging out together. So mm-hmm. Mona Waller was born on July 11th in 1921. And in 1940, she married Fred Barnes. And Fred also owned a retail store in Judsonia. And they had two children named Freddie and Delia. So they love family names because her name was Mona Delia right. Waller. And Freddie dies in 1966 at the age of 53 from heart failure. God, so young. <laughs> Fix all these, these hearts. I'm desperate. <laughs> he served in World War II. So he has one of those fancy or maybe it was world war one but he has a fancy military type headstone Mm -hmm. which is very nice and on his death certificate it said that what he did for work was working in a grain elevator 
Hmm. So here in this entry, he's the proprietor of a retail store, but he dies working in a grain elevator. Isn't that interesting how these I, diaries, I, you really, and then when you cross research. Yeah. And then you, you figure, oh, shoot, they lost what the happened? business. Right. Yeah. Because right. why wouldn't he have stayed in the store? Uh-huh. Well, Mona lives to be 90. Good for Mona. And she dies in 2011. And in her obituary, it says she will be known as everyone's nanny. So they called her Nanny, oh. and everybody loved her. I, you know, it's no, like reminds no. me of my husband's Granny. Uh-huh. Everybody called her Granny. Right. She treated everyone like family. Right. You, I mean, you just felt so welcome in her presence, and so certainly did. Looks like little Mona did too. So that's Mona and her sister Mildred's, because <clears throat> she said Mildred went to the parade in the Dodge with Mona and Reba. So Mildred is younger. She yeah, was born, born in, in 1918. Oh. Oh, oh, no, that's fine. And she gets married in the 1940s, the same year as her sister. So mm. that's interesting. And she married a man named Oppie Young. He's a couple of years younger than her. And in the 1950 census, he's working on a farm and they have three daughters, Madeline, Marilyn and Melania. <laughs> they got a divorce. In 1951. And in 1958, I found Oppie on a flight record um, flying home from Venezuela. So I don't know, maybe after the divorce, he's like, I'm going to Venezuela. But there's not much else to find about them other than she dies in 1989 in her 70s. But I found pictures of them with their obituaries. And they're as cute as they can be. Little fun. Mildred and Oppie. So at least I hope it's not Opie. Well, it's two I would P's. think. Oh, it's two P's. So I was going to ask. Yeah. So I'm thinking it's Oppie. Um, yeah. If or, it's two P's. Yeah. I, I do know. believe cut like opportunity. Yeah. Opportunity. Okay. All right. There you yeah. go. That's thinking. So. Yeah. And then we have Reva. Reva, uh, I almost don't want to wrap her up yet because yeah. she's going to be around right. for so long. She's an interesting and long lasting character in the diaries. Oh, yes. And she had a great life. She'll end up being a pilot yeah. at one point. Yeah. I mean, yeah. She's so amazing. Let's wrap her we up love later. Reva. Even though Reva will be in the diary a long time we'll we'll give her a, her farewell yeah. when the time comes and then she mentioned someone named selma but it's actually zelma Ooh. with a z and zelma Kleins was born in 1913 her family guess what they owned a farm and she's yeah. one of six children she marries delbert spencer in 1930, when she was 18 years old, and she lives with her husband's family at their farm. So it's her husband's family, seven children, them as a newlywed. They have three children of their own. So mm. this is a big family farm. Wow. One of their children dies mm. in 1981, which is so sad. And Selma lives to be 89 years old and dies in 1903. 19, wait, dies in when? Oh, excuse me. 2003. Okay. <laughs> she, <laughs> she went back she in went time back. and died. Yeah. <laughs> yeah she, minus eight years she old. She hit 88 miles per hour and went back in time. Yeah. And then they're having dinner at Ava's house. Yeah. And this is also another Waller. She is Delia's daughter, Ava. So she's first cousins Cousin. with Elizabeth, even though she's much, much older. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, Morris Hartzell had 100 billion children, and they yeah. all had a bunch of children. This is so it's neat. It was kid. all family around there. I, I just, know. That's fascinating. I know. So so um, Ava is actually 12 years older than her, oh. and she has three children, and she's having them all over for dinner. She dies from myocarditis at 74 years old. And then we have Ethel. She's another one of Aunt Delia's children. 
So we're just hanging out with the birds today right. and all their family. And that makes even more sense because we saw all those strange birds at the 4th of July right. celebration. And we have to say that Tommy's last name is spelled B-Y-R-D. So, yes. you know, yes. so, but she sort of substitutes. That's a, that's a common theme while yes. she's in stop, Step Rock. For sure. The bird. That's right. Analogy. 100%. So that's a lot of people, but yeah. they're going to be popping back around. So right. Mildred comes to visit. She goes places with Mona. So it's kind of good to just get a family yeah. idea of who these people are. And then she ha- she goes riding with a guy named Flippin' Clarence Overstreet. Yeah. Can't find him. Come on. Wow. Right? Seems like a all names. I found a Mona. A ran- I mean, how common was the name Mona? Right. I'll tell you, it was very common. Yeah. But Clarence flipping over street. Jeez, Lord. Interesting. Yeah, so Clarence over... But then again, she never mentions Clarence Overstreet ever again in the diaries, so okay. we're not going to lose sleep um, over who this are. But every once in a while in these diaries, we found a little folded piece of paper. Yeah. If she had more to say about her day. Yeah. And she has more to say. Oh, yeah? About the 4th of July. Well, to continue with my story, we went over to Ava's and ate watermelon. Swan came over there. We went to the picnic, then Red Scruggs went over to Ava's with us. After supper, we went to the picnic. Francis and Ethel got dates. We talked to Frank, Jesse, and Tommy. Girlie got lost from Mildred, and we roamed around. Finally, Tommy and I sat in the car a few minutes. Then Lillian and I counted all of them to go home. Girlie and I talked to Herschel, Land, and Frank, Tommy, and Jesse some more. At last, we started, came home in the truck. I had a grand time and met a lot of kids. She said she wasn't going to do anything this day. I know. And, and not only did she, she got, do stuff, she met she, so many people. I seriously. can't keep it straight. Yeah, she got to go to a big family picnic. Yeah. And honestly, I've read almost every 4th of July that she's done uh-huh. s- since then, uh, all through 1941. This is the best 4th of July she ever had. Really? This was the most yeah. exciting one. Yeah. I mean, there weren't well, any fireworks, but she had a good time. And uh-huh. she was young and running around with all these cousins who were her age. Yeah, and, right. I mean, can't and, you just and see cute it boys. in your head? Right. Tommy Bird's so hot. We found a picture of him. So so good looking. Yeah. I mean, just to be, the, I, can, I mean, I can remember being right. that young girl and my crush. I'm like, mm-hmm. I know I'm going to see my crush today and he's across the room. Mm-hmm. And it's just so exciting. Exactly. Anyway, uh, she does meet this guy named Red Scruggs. And of course, I figured he had to be a redhead ah. because, you know, so, so clever. But he, he's actually not. Enoch Charles Scruggs was born in November of 1911. And when he signs his World War II draft card, they describe his complexion as ruddy. So you know those young boys who have those red cheeks and they just can't get rid of them no matter what? Looks like they're always a little sunburned. That must have been what he looked like, so they called him red. Because let's pick your obvious thing that you probably are self-conscious about. (laughs) You know, anyway, poor poor Enoch. But it's better than Enoch. In 1934, (laughs) he marries a young woman named Edna. And by 1940, they've moved to Oklahoma, where he's working on the Frisco Lines. There that is again. As a machinist. And he works for them a long time. Mm -hmm. He finally retires in 1972 and then he drops dead in 1975 so i hope he had three years of a whole heck of a good time (laughs) because that man worked his entire life so that would make him uh 1911 to 1975 yeah forget about it 60 something something. yeah so he had a short life but Mm. he worked the whole time so you know what the bottom line is what go to paris yeah (laughs) so you are yes oh my god by the time A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. 
But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. When this episode airs, I will be back and I'll have a From poodle Paris, or something. Yes. A and poodle. I'll yeah. <laughs> If you come back with an accent, I swear. I know. <laughs> I know. But but as of now, uh, this is Saturday. I leave on Tuesday. Yes, and, you do. Yeah, and I'm excited and nervous. The, and you don't fly well. I do not fly well, but I called my doctor about that, and <clears throat> uh, she's she gave me a little something to help me. Although she's done that for me in the past, and mm-hmm. it doesn't really make a difference to mm-hmm. me. Maybe I'm not taking a big enough dose. Yeah, you need to take more. But our, <laughs> but everybody <laughs> always says, "Oh, you'll know you're flying. You just won't care." Mm-hmm. Well, I know I'm flying and I still care. Uh-huh. You know, not okay. like, I guess, a lot. But uh-huh. I do spend most of the flight, like, making eye contact with the stewards. Uh-huh. Uh, just to make sure <laughs> just everything's like cool. If they look good, yeah. happy. Then yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Or like when the plane starts bouncing and they're still walking with the drink cart. I'm uh-huh. like, okay, well, they'd run yeah. <laughs> if this were bad, right? <laughs> you know, know but run. anyway, I've... Where are going to run to? Yeah. <laughs> Every man for himself. Yeah, like the <laughs> office. Because, I mean, we're just going <laughs> down. Happening. But I've been... They're these two very good-looking twin pilots on TikTok, yeah. and they talk about flying and why you shouldn't mm-hmm. be afraid of flying. And right. they're like, if turbulence was scary, exactly. no one would fly. So, I mean, they they have been the most help for me. Yes, but I, I think hear you. My excitement is going to overcome any fear. Yes. Yep. I might have. That and the fact that I just started watching Succession on Yes, HBO. I have not started. Uh, Should I? Yes. Okay, I've heard. So good. We just started season two. Yeah. And so I went to my husband and said, I will be watching this on the plane because it'll keep my interest. I'll want to mm. jump from episode to episode. I need the flight back is nine hours. Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's, that's a season. Fun. But that's right? a season. So well, that's perfect. actually something to look forward to. I could very easily go downstairs right now, sit on my couch and watch an entire season of Succession. Well, then there so you go. I'll just do it on a plane. And the last time you flew over the Atlantic was when? Oh, my God. 30 Forever. years ago. So things have changed. Yeah. You don't put the little headphone, you know, they don't yeah, give yeah. you the all that. And, It'll you be know, nicer. Little tuner. Yeah. You have your own, you know, entertainment center. I do. I can bring my iPad yeah. and I could just do whatever I want. Yeah, right. So I'm excited. But I love it for you. You're going I know. to Versailles. Yes. Mm. We have a day trip. Mm. Oh. Mm, mm, anyway mm. yeah so excited so and florence yes. by the way she's going to florence I'm in paris also going to florence now i speak a little french right je parle un peu de français I, yes je ne parle uh, pas uh, italian i don't even know how to say italian in french mm. um so yeah i don't speak any italian i've learned how to say mm. like permissio mm-hmm. and grazia mm-hmm. And I just want to say I'm sorry. Just I think the first thing I <laughs> need to learn general, is I'm sorry. But what land. I heard from like that the Italians are so much nicer about that than the French mm-hmm. that if you just walk down the streets in Italy and go ciao, they're like ah. Oh, they're totally me. that way. That's I've been what there I've a heard. lot, and yeah. they're very friendly people. That's nice. I feel guilty that I haven't spent more time learning any Italian. Well, they're cool with but it. But Florence like you is say. a big touristy town, so I mm-hmm. guess tour. I said tourist. Uh, tourist. You do. Tour. Tour. Tourist. 
Yeah, I heard myself. I sound sound okay. like an American. Anyway, <laughs> so where are we? We also met, oh, Herschel Land. Hey, I've been in contact with one of his ancestors oh, yeah? on um, Ancestry.com. Okay. And I reached out to see if they had a picture of him. And they said that they didn't. He was a traveling man. And he was not home very mm-hmm. often. But he was a strong, sturdy man. And I okay. thought, oh, my. That's, in, that's, that's so nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, but Herschel's actually going to stick around for a while. So we're not going to talk about Herschel too much, but Frank, Tommy, and Jesse. Yep. Jesse is a name that we're going to see because he's going to end up going out occasionally with Miss Francis. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's Tommy Bird's, Bird's. <laughs> best friend. And Jesse was born in 1915. And when he meets Elizabeth, he's living with his mom at his grandparents' farm mm-hmm. doing, you know, what she's doing, just trying to get by and mm-hmm. working. And it looks like his dad dies in 1920 in Texas. Mm-hmm. Jesse serves in World War II. He's a private. And when he comes back, he marries Ruby Graham in 1948. So so, side note, Ruby's dad mm-hmm. was also named Jesse. Mm-hmm. I just think mm-hmm. that's funny. Mm-hmm. She's 30 years old when she marries Jesse, and he's 33. So, I'm kind of surprised I didn't find a first marriage for him or yeah. her yeah, anywhere. Yeah. But, you know, they found each other, and they were both considered old maids, and probably both right. their families were like, oh, thank God. Yeah, right. <laughs> they yeah. got married. In 1948 uh-huh. and 1950, they're living in Nashville, and he's working in a sawmill, and he dies in 1991. Mm-hmm. So, we've already... Already met a Ruby Williamson yeah. in episode eight, so right. we need to keep an eye out for this other Ruby, okay? Because make surely she'll be around. There's lots of Rubies. There are a lot of Rubies, yeah, and I'm I know them all for a time. fact that sometimes there's a different Ruby. So I bet right, it's this, um, this other Ruby Graham. But she lives to be the age of ninety-one. She loved working in her garden and grow and like my mother did, and she enjoyed quilting and making apple pies, which she was well known for. Okay. Aww. So yeah. he doesn't pie. Yeah, yeah. And we've already met Frank Stewart. We met him in the last episode. He's the one who dies in 1954, and his mm-hmm. 80-year-old widow marries a 70-year-old right. man. Do you remember them? Yeah. Yeah. So that's Frank Stewart. <laughs> and then Herschel's going to stick around. Um, yeah. We will, yeah, we'll learn about him later. Yeah. July 5th, 1932. Wrote a letter to Bill. Last one I can mail with a two-cent stamp. Francis and I read Little Women aloud. I'm down at the kitchen now. The oil lamp won't burn at the tent because it doesn't have a chimney. Going back to the tent now, don't think I can sleep much. A lot there. There's a lot there. Yeah, so a stamp today is 63 cents. Is that right? Yeah, which is still really cheap when you consider they'll take mm-hmm. my letter from here to California for it's 63 true. cents. Yeah, right. Still a great deal. But the tent doesn't have a chimney. So that means this is not right. like a permanent nice tent. Right. No, you know, no. Probably like the packed dirt floor. Yeah. At one point, we had hoped she'd had a wooden floor tent. Yeah. We don't think yeah, so. We now. don't think so. Yeah. And that's just so sad. And, um, and I wonder what happened when it rained. Did the rain seep in? Did exactly. the floor? Or get muddy. I, it just must have been clothes? miserable. Yeah, it just, got cold. It got hot. You know, I saw the bugs. radar today. Thunderstorms in Arkansas. Really? Hail in Arkansas. Just today, and I'm thinking, oh, oh my, my God. God. Yeah. And in the, a it was tent. In June. Yeah. And she says they went to the kitchen. We think that there was a separate kitchen yes. house. We think they, there must have been a kitchen house on that they the all property, used. right? Yeah, or just an old just storage shed shack. that they cleaned yeah. out and said put a cook stove in. Correct. There. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyway, Ugh. I know. At least she got to read in the house. July sixth, nineteen thirty-two. Aunt Etta ate dinner with us. 
went out to the store and Aunt Etta gave me some bloomers and material to make a dance set. She gave Francis a dress and Mother made it today. Dean and Helen went to Aunt Ella's on Monday. Dean came back with Uncle Clyde, but Helen stayed. We almost figured a way to Bell. Get on a bus. Lil meets us. <laughs> I don't know where they think they're going to get a bus ticket right. or that their parents are going to just let them randomly go to Bell. Right. But I don't know back then. But what was interesting to me is that Aunt Ed is really being kind. Mm-hmm. You know, she's giving mm-hmm. Francis a dress. I, when she says gave her a dress and mother made it, maybe an old dress and mother had to take it in and fix it up. Or or Because otherwise like she would pattern. say gave her a material. A pattern? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Mother but anyway, that's it. really sweat. But I was really curious what a dance set was. Right. And it's it's like a bra and underpants. Mm-hmm. But the bra is a normal bra. But the underpants are more like boxer shorts for girls. And it was made specifically for dancing. Because oh. that's when the swing dancing is starting. And the huh. tango and the lindy and uh-huh. the balboa. And you needed something cuter, maybe in case your skirt flew up. Or just so your legs could move Okay, so they wear dresses over it. Yeah, like over it. Like just boxer yeah. shorts for girls. Dance set. So a little dance set. I know, it's so cute. So I'm always keeping a running story in the background here of what's Mm -hmm. happening in Germany, because Mm -hmm. we all know, reading this diary, that World War II is coming, Mm -hmm. and maybe could have been avoided if people were paying attention. Mm -hmm. But right now, the country is still dealing with the effects of World War I, Mm. because after the war, the Treaty of Versailles fined Germany 132 billion Reichsmarks, which would be about $33 billion today for reparations of all the damage they did all over Europe, blowing up bridges, blowing up churches. But on this day in 1932, the economy of the world has collapsed and people don't have bridges in France and Belgium still Mm. in 1932. And there's a new conference going on called the Lausanne Conference. It's in Switzerland. And basically, England, Germany and France are getting together to realize, okay, we're going to give Germany a pause on making these payments because everybody has to get their economy running back again. And if Germany's Mm -hmm. like paying off all kinds of money, they're never going to get back on their feet. So they decided, you know, you don't have to pay us for a while. But this deal was still kind of contingent on the American Congress agreeing. Well, this is happening in June. And by the time our Congress gets to it, it's December Mm because politics and grinding Mm -hmm. wheels never changes. And America says, hell no, you're going to pay what you owe and we're not going to give you this pause. But it had already happened. And grinding the wheel back up to get the money out of Germany Uh didn't happen. As a matter of fact, Germany basically says, screw you. They never pay back their reparations. And they only paid one-tenth of the money that they Hmm. had originally been fined. Well, I mean, I wouldn't expect them to... Well, they, really had the, care. they had the 1920s when everyone's economy was through the roof, the right. golden age, for God's sakes. And they didn't make, they weren't making good on their payments. Right, so right. we let them off the hook. And boy, does that right. come back to bite us right. in the ass, right? Mm. Mm. So, so anyway, I like to just keep Germany running in the background because Elizabeth might not know that this is happening, but this is going to have a big effect on her life. And the lot, all these cute boys, every time yeah, I look right, up one of these boys, right. I see their World War II draft. Sometimes I see their war bride that they marry before they run off i so far i've only found one who died Uh in the war but i mean this is this is gonna the war would happen 10 years after this entry yeah right well they would get well when we got into it 1941 so nine years nine years yeah but still like all these young men they have no idea what's going to be asked of them it's so awful yeah july 7th 1932 
Gurley came over here and talked to us in the kitchen about her affair with Randall. I embroidered a blue dish towel this morning, wrote to Frank this afternoon, read Little Women and bathed. Francis and I went up the road to Cedar Branch. Little Kitty Harry followed us. We harmonized all the way. This morning, Gurley introduced Francis and me to Forrest Waller this morning. He had come with the mail carrier. Wasn't so cute. God. <laughs> Poor Forrest. That's awful. Yep, cross him off. <laughs> but I love how Gurley calls it an affair because you know it's yeah. no such thing. Right. I think an dating affair. should be called, I had an affair right. with him. I think it's so cute. Yeah. But the Randall in question is yeah. most certainly a Randall Butler. He was born in White County in 1914 and his father George worked in a sawmill. Randall, and we were just talking about this, he served in World War II for a whole two months, but mm-hmm. he was discharged because he had an ulcer. Um, well, sounds like something you could, I guess they didn't have any uh, yeah. mil- milk and magnesia right. back then, but it must have been a really, maybe it was a bleeding a bad ulcer. bad one. Yeah. I don't know, but he's not able to serve and he comes back and he starts a trucking company in White County and he marries a woman named Mary Howell. He actually married her before he goes to war. So here's one of those war brides. Gosh, okay. we were just talking about that. We, yeah, right. And he dies in 1986. He had two children, a daughter and a son. Okay. And poor Forrest. I don't know what he did to not be so cute. But he was so cute. <laughs> I know. Poor Forrest. <laughs> he was born in Searcy in 1913. He also served in World War II and had a very normal little life. Not much about him. He died in 2000. I always think it's cool when people reach an age like the year 2000. Right. I always thought when I was in high school, I would have a kid in the year 2000. I thought that'd be mm-hmm. such a cool year to have a kid. Mm-hmm. And I did. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. So that's cool. But yeah, poor Good Forrest. Planning. Yeah. Somebody thought Forrest was cute because he got married okay. and he had two children. So, huh. <laughs> you don't necessarily have to think the person you're married to is cute. But anyway. No, they have to be kind. That's right. That's right. And a little cute doesn't hurt. No. Yeah. <laughs> July 8th, 1932. Gurley and Ethel came over here. We talked about going to Judsonia tomorrow. Gurley and I want to catch a fella. Francis and Ethel have a date with Red and Vernell for tomorrow night. Darn, it's too hot to do a thing. So Frances, you know, she's on, I don't know whether she's with Red or Vernell, but she also dates Jesse. So Frances is just as boy active Uh as uh, Elizabeth, which I think is really cute. And I remember when I interviewed her son, Jeff, Jeff got a big kick out of the fact that she'd had a lot of boyfriends, you know, because apparently her relationship with her husband was a little tougher. He was a tough guy, tough love kind of guy. So I'm glad Frances got her kicks. But again paying attention to the world around us. Little do they know that July 8th, 1932, the Dow Jones Industrial Average will fall to its lowest point in the Great Depression. Wow. Herbert Hoover's response to all of these crises was very disappointing. It'll definitely cost him the election. But the worst thing that happens is that it's the World War I veterans who are finding themselves the most impoverished. They're not getting their pension like they should. And they actually thought they should get some like sort of early retirement payments to help them. I mean, they just served. We tried to kill them. Are you talking about World War II? World War I. Okay. World War One veterans are like, they're losing out because the government doesn't right. have any money and they there's no nothing. help for them. Right. So they went to Washington in 1932 to rally. Mm-hmm. And they actually started building a little tent city around the square in Washington. Mm-hmm. And Hoover did not like that at all. So he called out the D.C. cops to shut it down. And it mm-hmm. ended up getting violent and people died. 
And wow. Hoover thought the whole thing was successful because, well, we got the mm-hmm. the misfits out, but the world did not look at that kindly at all. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he ended up getting in such big trouble for that that it absolutely was such a bad look that he definitely lost the lost election. Lost the election. So, but he would he'd been handling the depression pretty badly to begin yeah, with. Yeah, he sure but did. But this was really rough. I mean, these guys. And this is Hoover, not uh, FDR. Yeah, yeah, because FDR is not president. Correct. Yet. Yeah, right. Roosevelt. Yeah, 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 he's yeah. coming. He's coming. Right. He'll come to save us. July 11th, 1932. Francis and I washed our clothes this morning. Gurley came over and we decided to go to Pangburn after dinner. Went to Pauline's. She set my hair. We left about 2.30 and came home with Aunt Nett and Mona Jean. We went down to Lillian's and talked to her. Francis had a date with Hal Lewis. Gurley and I went over to Johnston's to see Velma. Raymond walked to town with us. There's Francis dating somebody else. Yeah, she's I mean, got a she new just, beau. Every Hal. night. Every yeah. night, little Hal. But this is Pauline caught my eye because we had met her in episode seven. She'd come mm-hmm. over to do Elizabeth's hair. And Elizabeth called her Pauline Edwards, right? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find her. I, I couldn't find anywhere. And so I'm figuring, okay, if she's getting her hair done, she just said... We went down to Pauline's and she set my hair. So they walked. Now we know that we, they walked big distances mm-hmm. back then. But I'm like, let me look for a neighbor mm-hmm. with the name Pauline. So mm-hmm. I'm literally scrolling through the census mm-hmm. records like an idiot. You mark, do I not have a life that I spent? I mean, this <laughs> probably took me thing. 30 minutes to find this woman. But I finally found a Pauline. Uh-huh. And this makes me way more sense. It's Pauline Evans. And she's and, the, they work on Mr. Evans' farm. Exactly. Later in the entries, a matter of fact, even next episode, I think, is when we meet John Evans, John who's Evans. another tenant farmer Correct. there. And Pauline is part of this family. Gotcha. So that's A how, neighbor. Yes. So she just called her Pauline Edwards. She probably just heard it wrong. It's Pauline Evans. Oh, And so thank right. God we finally found Pauline who can do hair. She was born <laughs> in 1914. And then at the age of 19, she marries a man named Frank Ware. In the 1940 census, he's a day worker on a farm and they have one daughter. And then in the 1950 census, he's still farming, but they have four children, two girls and two boys. She dies in 1997 at the age of 83, and I bet her daughters always had cute hair. Yeah, no kidding. You know, my mother never laid hands on my hair. Really? Except to cut it off. Yeah. I'm looking at you. You're a man with a man's shorter haircut. Yeah. My hair was shorter than yours <laughs> for most of my life. Because I had... Really? I had... That's or, a fun I, fact. I guess I still have naturally curly hair. Huh. And my mother thought it was wild and unruly, and she didn't know how to do mm-hmm. it. So instead of like putting it in little cute pigtails mm-hmm. and letting it look like Buffy, you know, Buffy mm-hmm. and Jody, she <laughs> literally took me to the same barber that she took my brother to, and I got the high and tight. What's that? You know where they sh- shave up your neck and they shave uh, over your ears. Oh, I would sit in that chair and cry. Oh, I felt so. I, now I, I didn't at the time, but now I feel kind of sorry for the man. It was actually a woman right. sometimes who would cut my hair. Yeah, because they knew. I mean, I was crying. <laughs> Well, and mom was just like, he's cutting off. <laughs> and I just... Oh, you so did have some hair back then. I saw a picture of you. I don't know. You were a kid, like 10 or 15. And it was like a school picture. And your head looked like a rat's nest. <laughs> <laughs> So I know there was a time period. Well, when I was 15, I told my mother she couldn't cut my hair anymore. And oh, I just, see, I had it was a, that. Yeah, I, I refused to go. There's and a it, picture of you it, it at did, that well, point Because in your life. you know what? What's so sad? I don't know how to do hair because I didn't have a mom who mm. taught me and I didn't have girl, girlfriends. I had short hair. Mm-hmm. So no one ever said, let me braid your hair. Let me right. brush your hair. Let me curl your hair. Right. So I never had any. And my poor children, I never did their hair because mm-hmm. I don't know how. 
Mm-hmm. I can French braid barely, mm-hmm. but only on myself. I can't do it to other people. Anyway, that's just my <laughs> flipping little baggage. So my Pauline point, set hair though. But Pauline's girls had beautiful hair. Me. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then Francis goes on a date with Hal Lewis. She spelled it Hal like H A L in the diary, but it's Howell. H-O-W-E-L-L, like Thurston Howell III. Oh, lovey. And he was born in 1912, and he ends up being, oh, I don't know, a farmer. Mm -hmm. And he marries Ethel Bird. Oh. So he stays in the family. Yeah, Yeah. cousin, So it doesn't work out with Francis, but it works out with her cousin. How neat. And we don't know much about this Johnson. She went down to Velma Johnson's. But uh, she's about their age. She married a man named Henry. I mean, that's really all I could discover Mm -hmm. about her. But- just because we talked about Charles Lindbergh a couple episodes ago, yeah. on July 13th of 1932, Amelia Earhart completed a transcontinental flight of the United States in 19 hours, 14 minutes, and 40 seconds. Oh. A new record for a woman. I'm going to guess it's a new record for a man, too. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. But a new record for a woman. How yeah. many women had already transcontinentally flown? Oh, she had already done that. I d- I, how could she? She was the first woman... The big time pilot, right? Yeah, I've never heard of anybody else. Well, now I have to research that. (laughs) July 17th, 1932. We all went to the Christian church this morning. Girlie and I went to town and got some ice cream. We wanted to get a little Ford and go riding this afternoon, but we got the truck and took it to Searcy and rode around a little. We saw Frank, went to a ball game, but there wasn't anyone there, so we went to Judsonia. We all came back to Step Rock. Alma Jean and I sat on the back of the truck. Herschel and Red came out here tonight. We went to Judsonia, met Herschel's brother. He took us riding. He left, and we went to Searcy. July 18th, 1932. Wrote letters to Bill and Lil this morning. Bill and I made an agreement to write only one day a week. My day is Monday, and his is Saturday. It was so hot today that we ate dinner and supper out in the yard. Today is Daddy's birthday. He's 49 years old. Bless his heart. July 19th, 1932. We got a big box from Uncle Lee this morning with a lot of Aunt Grace's things in it. They are some of the cutest dresses. Poor Uncle Lee. I know it hurt him and Ruth to pack those things away. July 20th, 1932. Francis was sick this morning, so Mother and I did the washing. Daddy helped us. He even helped us fix dinner. Girlie and Ethel came over here late to go singing. They wanted Francis and me to go, but we stayed here and talked to Mother and Daddy and ate candy. We kind of thought Red and Herschel would come by, but no. So what I have been finding interesting in this whole episode that we've done, this mm-hmm. is, we're basically just covering the month of July in mm-hmm. here. What? They're not working. They're not, there's nothing to pick. I guess something's yeah. growing. Actually, I know for a fact. Something is growing in the fields right now. How are they getting well, any money? What is happening? Are in the you family? sure they're not working to well, some she's degree? Not. She, that, they pull strawberry plants, I know, once they're dead. I think like, once they pulled them so do. they could plant cotton, and right. now the cotton is growing. So they're just laborers. They're, they're not going to work again. I wonder what they did. What's dad doing for money? Yeah. I mean, I guess they figure it's family... Maybe they're just building up credit at the store. I have no idea what they're doing. Maybe that's it. Surely dad must be doing something. I mean, what do farmers do when plants are growing? 
Mm-hmm. I tried to research it, and I really mm-hmm. maybe I was Couldn't asking the a, right question. Wasn't asking the right. Well, question. you know, strawberries are very short lived. Mm-hmm. So when it's strawberry season, I mean, you pick them and you put them on a train and get them out. Right, because you got to eat it. It's and not now, like cotton is growing different. right now because mm-hmm. they'll start picking cotton in I guess September. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, for all of July and August, mm-hmm. what are they doing? I got to find that. Yeah, out. Some that's farmer, some interesting. Yeah, yeah. someone's got to tell me. July 21st, 1932. Did the usual old thing this morning. Made up the beds and talked. Francis and I have been planning our homes and husbands. There was quite a big road today about the milk and butter affair. We rested out under the trees after dinner and talked to Mother. Wilma Gilpin came over here and talked to Francis and me. After supper, Francis and I heard a car coming. We rushed in and primped. But alas, it did us no good. It was Red and Vernell. They went back and got Ethel. So I don't know what this milk and butter affair is. I don't. Is Some that an drama. expression? I don't About know. the I, whole milk and butter. You, I thought she can was. You Google it. Do you have um, internet? I think I do, but I don't have I my think, phone. Because I wonder. Because otherwise, uh, somebody used the milk and butter, or the milk and butter mm-hmm. got spilled, or there wasn't enough butter, and someone's like, "He's been eating the butter." Yeah, it was some sort of drama going on. I guess, in the and I just wondered just now when I was reading it, I wondered if that's just an old expression. Well, I'll look up milk and butter affair. Yeah, maybe that would be really. It does not, off the top, look like it was any sort of. Well, okay. I was hoping it was like a little my love colloquialism. With butter. Oh. No, I don't think so. <laughs> that, I, that's yeah. my that's my website. Right there, LizLovesButter.com. Oh, my God, it's so good. Hey, but we got a good one with Uh, Wilma. Well, I like the Juicy Lives. Yeah. And I I sometimes think someone's going to have a lot of fun one day trying to look me up. Yeah. Because I've had a couple of husbands and like a whole bunch of last names. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be, you know, ha ha ha. It's mm-hmm. like 50 years from now, if all, once all my kids are dead, good yeah. luck. But Wilma Gilpin was mm-hmm. born in Steprock in 1915, mm. and her mom, Ludy, was actually 10 years older than her dad. And that woman was making babies right up until 1943. Mm. Wilma's little sister is born in 1943. I don't even know how that happened. So anyway, bless her heart. But Wilma's mom still managed to outlive her husband, who died in 1942. Her mom dies in Mm. 1964. Wilma first married a Robert Gilmore in 1936. They had two children, and they lived in Washington State because he worked for the Navy Yard out there. And he died in 1968 from heart failure. Don't worry. Nine years later, Wilma will find love again in the arms of a man named Louis Avery, who is about eight years older than her, who had also worked in the shipyard with her husband. Mm. I I have the write-up of their wedding, which I'm going to put on the Patreon. It's okay. this really sweet little write-up. And they went to Hawaii for their honeymoon, hmm. because that's right. It's right there. But it doesn't last long. Poor Louis dies in 1986. Hmm. Have no fear. She will find love again, this time in the arms of a man named Chester Lewis in 1996 at the age of 81. Oh, dear. Okay, you know how I feel about this. I don't think you need to get married in your 80s. Well, I think you can just sit together and hold hands and watch movies and talk about old times. And Do you actually have to combine finances? I think that's for no, me. No, I agree. But I think that's, I'll like, get your hands off my money. You touch right. me all you want. Right, I'm 81. But I, you know, at 80, you have financial plans for your children uh-huh. and your future, and husbands just get in the way of that. One more husband, and she would have had you beat. <laughs> 
<laughs> call, call me in my 80s. Uh, we'll see what's going on. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know. Maybe she was rich. But anyway, I think the marriage was too much for her because she dies a year later. Oh. In, at the age of 81 in 1997. And despite... Her social security deaths claims where she's using all three of those names so we can like they'll do for me one day. Right. All those names on her tombstone. It says Wilma Gilmore. So I I think maybe she did decided to do that because number one, she'd had a bunch of husbands or number two, she's dead and her children are one putting up the tombstones and they didn't Mm. like these other guys. And they said, you are Wilma Gilmore. Back it up to Gilmore. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And you're our mom, and we have that same last name, so that's what you're going to do. But I always said to my children, they should put my entire full (laughs) soap opera name on my tombstone. It's going to be a big-ass tombstone. It'll be Liz, Legree, Butler, Hainsworth, Brian, Duran. Right. Probst. Because there's there's always hope. For Jeff Probst. (laughs) But anyway, now everyone can find me. Maybe I should cut that. (laughs) Wait. I How just, can they find you? Because I just said my entire oh, soap opera name. Very, yes, right. But then again, who's not going to find me? Yeah, I'm so right. easily Everybody findable. knows. Yeah. Of course. Everybody knows. July 26, 1932. Just fooled around and did ye old regular duties this morning. Ethel took Francis and me to her house. Dean and Helen went along. We looked at papers and ate apples. All but Francis and I rode home. We stayed and smoked corn silks and danced in the store porch tonight. I talked to Frank and Ruby, started on a diet. I'm not going to eat supper. July 29, 1932. Mother Frances and I made donuts today. Dear little baby Helen is eight years old today. I remember eight years ago real well. Okay, wait. On the 26th, she's gone on a diet, but on the 29th, it's donut day. <laughs> but I bet she does remember eight years ago uh-huh. real well because she would have been about seven or eight. So she's 14, I think, here. She's 15. 15. She's 15. So and baby right. Helen just, so she was seven. Right. I bet she does remember Interesting. her mom Being because that's a labor. home birth. You don't go to the yeah. hospital. Weird. Mom's in the next room. Maybe they got rushed. Wow. I don't know. Were they Me. living in Monticello? God, who, who, what? Yeah. There was no family around. Where'd they go? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, but she certainly does. July 30th, 1932. A terribly short month, but full of good times. I hope to have just as good a time, or even better, in August. And I hope it won't just be on Sundays. 
Now, why does she say, I hope it won't be just on Sundays? I guess Sunday, because I guess people are working. Somebody's uh-huh. working. And Sundays is the day, you know, the Lord's day. Yeah. So they go to church. They go to Sunday school. They hang out with their friends. I guess Sundays is the only day that They're activity yeah. happens and everyone's around. Yeah. But just to put a little button on my obsession with the oncoming onslaught of World War II. On July 31st of 1932, federal elections are held in Germany, and the Nazi party becomes the largest party in the government, although it's still not the majority, because there were so many parties at the time. Hmm. So here Hmm. they come. Here they come. The Nazis are gaining control. Wow. And little Elizabeth is putting her head down in a tent, and all these young men are thinking about their futures, and they have no idea that this beep, 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 beep-er is going to come and beep everything up. Right. I hate this man. Of course. (laughs) But that's, that. hey, this is a whole episode about one month. Right. Because a lot happens. A lot of people supported the the Hitler in this country, in America. They just didn't understand. I guess. I mean, I don't understand. You know, your grandmother will give your grandfather a book, that diary. Yeah, Berlin Diary. It's a citizen who lives in Germany. He was a journalist who went there to cover the war. Uh, Oh, okay. In Berlin. So the war has already started. He wrote a diary. Okay. I would love to find... Well, no, actually. It's leading up to the war. I think it was Mm. published in 1938 or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because that's what would be interesting to read. How how did this happen? What did people think he was going to do? I mean, he Mm -hmm. very much racially divided his country just by making hate acceptable Mm -hmm. or, you know, differentiating people based on their race. And I don't know. People in this country didn't care. And then suddenly they started to care, you know, (laughs) and that's a pretty, in my opinion, a pretty sad state of affairs. And not too much different from the world today. I agree. I just watched that Roosevelt documentary on the History Channel. Mm -hmm. Every American should have to watch it. Right. I'm telling you. I agree. Especially just episode one, Mm -hmm. where the country is just kind of ripping apart and they need someone, leadership, just poor leadership. Yeah. And you just need someone who can steer the ship. It's right. And mm-hmm. FDR steered the hell out of that he ship. He sure did. We I mean, we wouldn't really be here today, I don't think, without his vision. And your, um, be the same. your Aunt Carolyn made a really interesting point that your grandmother was not a supporter of Roosevelt. Right. Which is so, I'm like, Elizabeth, right. your family's going to need him more than anybody. Absolutely. So I just think it's that so, so the people who yeah. need it the most are the ones who are the, so scared of it. Until I guess it helps them and then they can open their eyes a little bit. But anyway, that's not this podcast. Yeah. That's our second podcast. Second. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm okay. just kidding. Yeah. Yes. If we start yeah, yeah if, we, if we had a yeah. political podcast, what would we call it? Oh, that would be fun, but what would we call it? We'd call it, mm. um, I know what I'd call it, but I don't want to say it I don't want to say it either. <laughs> <laughs> we'll discuss this off the air. Anyway, yeah, right. thank you so much uh, for fi- finishing up episode uh, nine with us. Nine, y'all. Okay, thank Big you. Ten coming up next week. And again, as always, follow us on the Facebook and the TikTok and the Instagram. Join our Patreon at $10 a month. You get bonus episodes, interviews with Mark's family. You don't want to miss that. They're so much fun. So come and join us over there um, on the Patreon and let's all be friends. And thank Thank you so much for being with us and enjoying my grandma's diaries. Uh-huh.